Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here. So this week's episode we recorded uh, a few days before we posted it, and in that time uh, we got an email from Mubi that they have a new promotion. The promotion is, and so we I apologize for talking about uh, Mubi again because we're going to talk about it in the proper episode as well, but the situation is this. Between now and Christmas, you can get a year of Mubi at 50% off. So that's $30 for the whole year. And that's three that's a new movie every day. So that's 365 movies for 30 bucks. I highly recommend you do this. Uh it would be, you know, I I'm I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> um and they pay us, so it goes exactly the opposite, but I feel like I I need to take advantage of it and uh, I really recommend that you guys do as well. So uh, I wanted to tell you guys this. You only have until Christmas, so you only have a few days to do it. Uh, check it out. They got some great movies on there. And 30 bucks for the year, that's a great price. So anyway, that's it. Uh, enjoy the uh, proper episode, and thanks for listening. Welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I'm Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Oh, I'm ready for us to do an entire episode about our fantasy award season game that we play because apparently... The people have spoken. The listeners have spoken and I am wrong when I say that they are... When I assume they are bored to tears uh, by the discussion of this uh, frankly awesome game that you, it's um, delightful. uh, are you going to say, do you take credit for this or something that you, I, th- I would venture to say it's me and Scott. You and uh, Scott created this thing. I, I like to think that the initial concept, the broadest possible concept, which was basically, there's gotta be a way to do fantasy sports for movies. How do you do it? Uh-huh. That's the, and then one night, I believe at Kroll cafe, uh, Scott and myself and a number of other people were there, but I think he and I are the ones that really pushed, uh, uh, the rules and what it would look like and that sort of thing. And it's been so much fun. Even, I mean, I, yeah. here's the thing. My first year I was in dead last and I still had so oh, much fun. So here's, for those who don't know, here's the basic rules of how you play. Everyone picks a team for award season, meaning you pick one contender for best picture, best director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, original screenplay, adapted screenplay, cinematography, editing, and a catch-all. The catch-all. Which we'll only, get to later. Right. We'll get to later. So you pick, you pick your team. You know, I, for instance, have um, Rooney Mara for best supporting actress, and I mm-hmm. have uh, Janusz Kaminski for best cinematography. Um, and, uh, you know, that this is my team. And anytime that person or, or that film, in the case of uh, a film like Best Picture, for which I have Carol, mm-hmm. um, gets a nomination or an award, you get a predetermined number of points. Those right. point, the point system is um, set out in a very detailed but not detailed enough spreadsheet. Uh, for future years, there should sure. be some more information on that spreadsheet because there are some really arcane rules, it turns out, um, in terms of uh, how points are distributed. And so over the course of the season, you gather points, you and your teammates, there's eight, or not teammates, but your the people in your league, I guess, mm-hmm. is what, how we're describing this. There's eight people 
in our league. Yeah. Um, and but eight at the is end, probably the best number to cap it at like nine, 10. That's I'd when you see, really I, start wearing like, but then there's it, usually but then only it, about seven contenders in each category, but it's, you know, just like a rising tide lifts all ships. The, the opposite is true. A shallow tide drops all ships. So I still think that I still feel like it, and maybe in the future, if more people join, I'll be proven wrong, but I still feel like, it would be just as fun with more people. You would just have lower point totals overall. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it will be just as fun, but I do, I do think that there is that like, if you're left, let's say, let's say there's a category that you decide to save to the end. Right. And you and end up only, with Blythe Danner and I'll see you in my dreams or you wind up good with, thing, but she's not going to get a yeah, lot of, or you wind up with in the heart of the sea for best cinematography, which by the way, I saw it. And we can talk about that well, later. If there's anything it's, uh, it deserves, it's best cinematography. Anything at all. Um, um, from the great Anthony Dodd Mantle. Um, and so over the course of the award season, and then uh, the Oscars are the Super Bowl. So they're right. worth the most points. And that's also where the catch-all category is, where you have one title, one one movie you pick that you only get awards for on in the Oscars and for categories that aren't specified that, that aren't, that aren't, or that you already have covered by other people. So you're right. talking about your visual effects, your sound editing, mm-hmm. sound design, uh, costumes, production, these, these sorts of things that you don't what, get points for the rest of that. Now, what do you have for your catch all? I have star Wars episode seven, the force awakens, okay. which I literally have not seen any reactions to. I know half the people I follow on Twitter mm-hmm. or half the movie. I people, people I follow on film Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, were there last night yeah. at the premiere. And I was reading all the excitement leading up to the premiere and then decided not to check for their reactions. Okay. Um, I'm kind of, a, this is, I don't tend to get excited about big movies. I'm kind of excited about the star Wars. I'm excited. So I'm going to try and stay a little bit spoiler free. I think it's a cultural event. Dave. Um, so anyway, that is how the fantasy awards season works. It's a lot of fun before next award season. There should be a page on our website. Yeah. So people can play, and start their own leagues uh, for free. Um, or maybe we could charge, but probably not. Um, yeah. It'll be for free. Yeah. Uh, and you'll just do it, you know, in, in honor of us. Indeed. Um, it'll every, you'll have to name your league, Battleship Pretension Presents. Oh, um, I like that. Anyway, uh, so that's how it works. Anything else that, because I, I could have sworn people didn't care, but apparently they're just knocking down the door for us to talk about the fantasy award season. Anything else you wanted to say about it, Tyler? Just that more so, I think like I started paying a lot more attention to critics awards once we started doing this. And so you're able to, and then you look at the golden globes, you look at the, the, the guild awards, you look at the Oscars and all that sort of thing. And when you look at it, you know, year to year, you'll usually notice a very specific trend. For example, 2012, the critics' awards were all about the master. Uh-huh. The industry awards were all about Argo, and there was like a very clear split there, and so that was very interesting. But then, uh, but then a year like this, I know we're only into the critics' awards and the indie spirits, but that's kind. Of, but it's all over the place. There's a lot of love for Mad Max and a lot of love for Carol, but then it's also varied between. There's a lot of Brooklyn in there. Um, there's some, there's some love for room. Uh, there's some Martian in there. Like it's really varied this year. And that's something I find, it's something I find interesting. And that's the trend that you'll notice, uh, year to year. And I'm not sure if it's indicative, like, does that kind of variance, does that mean this is a particularly interesting movie year 
or one where just like there's not that many great movies. So no, I think it's we, the former. I think, I th- I think it's, it's that. This as is well. a really good uh, and fun year. So yeah, so it's been very interesting. David, you are winning. I wasn't going to say that by a pretty slim margin, but I, I have, I have. You've got Carol for a lot of stuff, which is a uh, might not pan out once it comes to the guilds, though. It might not, uh, but. I think if you get enough points during critic season, I think that might bear you out. And I do think you'll still get points for industry stuff. You know, I think you'll, you'll be all right, but I think it's coming, going to come down to you and Scott. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. This is what happened last year is I was leading yeah. like this when it was all critics. And as soon as it got to the guilds, I plateaued, I stalled out. That sucks. And that, I'm afraid that's what, what's going to happen this year too, because the pattern is so similar to last year's. So wait, okay. So what do you have for your, your screenplay Oscar, uh, uh awards? Categories. Um, I'm sure I'll remember in a second. Okay. I don't remember right now. Okay. That's interesting. I've got all mine very much committed to memory. Um, I feel like I might have Brooklyn. Okay. For adapted. That'll probably do pretty well for you. Oh, I know what I have for original because it's maybe my weakest contender on my entire team, okay. uh, which is Sicario. Yeah, that's getting a couple Carly, stuff here and, and there. I have Tom Hardy for Best Supporting Actor, and he has not gotten a lot for The Revenant. And um, You know what, though? Once industry stuff kicks in... Right, because it's the movie Revenant come out. Yeah, um, I have it for my catch-all, and I'm fairly confident, actually. And then, as mentioned before, I have Janusz Kaminski for Best Cinematography for Bridge of Spies, which has gotten me, like, a point the whole yeah. season so far. Even though, which is a, sh- a shame, because it's a beautifully shot movie. No, absolutely. Um, all right, anything else did you want to talk about before we move on? <laughs> what place are you in right now? Out I think eight. out of eight, I think I'm in like fourth or fifth. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure. I, the, uh, another thing that we actually didn't mention is there are also trades after a certain point. You can, you can trade something in a category that is underperforming. You have to trade in five points, but then from then on you have that. I think the listeners are right now regretting saying they wanted to hear. About <laughs> I'm so bored. David <laughs> between the two of us, I would say I have my finger more on the pulse of what the listeners want than you when it comes to our awards draft and probably nothing else. But that certainly uh, seems to be the case. But yeah. And so the trades thing is very interesting because that actually, if I had not made a hasty, stupid trade last year, I would have won. How about that? I had what, tra- what was that? Tell me about it. I had Steve Carell for Foxcatcher for actor, which he didn't win anything, but he got nominated for a bunch of stuff. Uh, but he didn't get nominated for a bunch of early critics awards and Oscar Isaac for, uh, a most violent year. He was nominated for a bunch of critic stuff. And so I swapped it out. And if I hadn't done that, then I would have gotten those golden globe points. I would have gotten the Oscar points and I would have won. So that, frustrating. Yeah. That's, that's uh, how the cookie crumbles. Oh, everybody also throws in money, but I'm not sure if we're supposed to say that. Yeah. Let's not say that. Okay. All right. We have a guest to get to, Indeed. but first, so as not to bore him too much longer, let's pay some bills. All right. David and guest and listener, you can, you know, take part. This is definitely actually mostly for the listener. I like to think it's for me, mostly. <laughs> uh, this episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent classic and international films. I decided to change it up there. Uh, every day, movies curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $4.99 a month. Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Among the great films to watch right now is Abbas Kiarostami's 10, Quentin Tarantino's 
Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2, Alan Dwan's 1945 comedy Brewster's Millions. I only know about the remake. I did not know that there is an original that's apparently quite good. Uh, Michael Nyman's War Work and many, many more. Uh, plus, for the month of December, you can watch the film of the day for free on the first day of its posting, uh, just to get a taste of the great movies that you can get when you subscribe to Movie. And there is also, on top of all of this, there's also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Movie free for a month. Just go to Movie.com, that's M-U-B-I.com slash Battleship to redeem now. Finally. Absolutely. We, our guest has been so patient and so quiet, quiet as a mouse. Uh, why don't you introduce him so he doesn't have to be quiet any longer? Okay. And I can be, maybe be quiet for a little bit. All right. Well, uh, I can't think of any other way to introduce him except I will ask you a question, David. Who, who's the white private dick who's a sex machine to all the chicks? It's our guest. It's Ryan O'Leary. <laughs> uh, can you dig it, David? Uh, uh, yeah. Just Ryan, how you doing? Yes. I'm great. How are you guys? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. You feeling quiet? I, I yeah. I, I felt like I was shut down, and I don't know. <laughs> um, but I came here ready for battle. Oh, okay. Um, I can yeah, tell. I want to talk about something. Um, oh, last time I was on the show, I said goodbye to Mr. David Bax. And went for a handshake, and it didn't really connect. I don't know if he remembers this, but Mr. David Bax, I believe, subtweeted me on the Twitter. And uh, I, no. I think I called you out on it. Oh, my. Yeah, Watch he, out. He tweeted about Is this why you wanted to be on the show? Yeah, I came here to pick a fight with David Bax. Okay. Uh, that's hilarious, because um, I remember exactly what tweet you're talking about, yeah. and I know exactly whom I was subtweeting, and it was not you. <laughs> so it wasn't the awful handshake that happened? I no. Think that I, same, it was, like, right around the same time. No, I mean, it, there's a difference between a handshake that goes awry. Yeah. And that a, happens. And a weak handshake. Mm-hmm. And I think my tweet was about someone mm-hmm. with a weak handshake, okay. which I f- often take as an affront. Mm-hmm. I feel like a person who has a weak handshake is doing it on purpose to get under my skin. Um, <laughs> that's, and that's, I think that's what so I tweeted. who are you subtweeting? I'm not going to tell you that. I remember, so our old roommate, Cole, he had, do you remember this, David? He had such a thing about weak handshakes, he couldn't even... St- like, they literally disgusted him. It is like, gross. Like, I I tried... I, like, I don't have a weak handshake, but... And he knows that. He already knows that. But I was like, okay, well, let me... I'll try and... I'll do a weak handshake, and you see what you think. So I did, like, a very limp yeah. kind of thing, and he touched it, and it was like he had touched, like, a dead body or yeah. something. He was like, oh, oh, I hate that so much. I, to- I totally understand the, that feeling. So, so yes. yours was a handshake gone awry. It was very awry. Okay. And that's, that's understandable. That happens usually... Usually, sometimes I will steer into the awkwardness when that happens and mm-hmm. point it out and like ask for another yeah, handshake. I will we absolutely did do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, we did. Yeah, I believe so. Oh, okay. okay. So then I, yeah. obviously I wouldn't have uh, subtweeted you if mm-hmm. we'd already like addressed it. Yeah. So uh, yes, I can. I think it's hilarious that you remember that, and I can put your fears to rest. It had nothing to do with you because that has something to do with something for someone very particular. Is it someone I know? Um, you know who uh, you know who this person is. I don't know if you know. Okay, who. well, we'll absolutely mention that after the show. Okay. Um, but yeah, so now that you've... It's clear that clear is why air. you wanted to come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now David and I are just going to talk about the movies we've seen. You can sit, cool. sit this out. No, apparently we're just going to talk about their, our fantasy awards season thing. David? This negativity of yours is clearly unacceptable. By people, all right? I don't need to hear your naysaying. You know what? People do actually like it. Yeah, and people go to fantasy to get away from the cynicism of the real world, and I don't (laughs) like that you're just bringing us back there. You know what, Tyler? 
What's that? When you're in the catbird seat like I am, <laughs> when you're sitting pretty in first place, holding on to pole position, <laughs> then you can dictate what we talk about and won't talk about. Fair enough. Fair enough. And there was one guy who, I don't remember if this was a tweet or a comment, but he said, he goes, oh, I would take uh, hours of awards draft discussion over one minute of Comic-Con discussion. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought, well, that's a victory for me. And yet somehow I feel like I've yeah. been insulted. So back to, back to business, because Ryan, you're all business. Mm-hmm. And your business, as we know, and we'll get to movie stuff in a moment. Yeah. Uh, as we all know, you are indeed a private investigator, which is still, all this time later, fascinating to me. Have you had any interesting cases that you can talk about? No. Or have you just been following people? I have been following people. Um, I've been really lucky with this one case. Usually I find out about my work the day of or a day or two beforehand, but for the next six months, two days a week, I can't get into what it is. But it's the kind of case where I get to drive 15 minutes away from home. I go in front of this person's house. When they leave, I document it. And then when the person, this other person leaves, I document it, but I don't have to follow them. And then I get to go home and go back to sleep and come back at two and then do another two hours. And it's fantastic because I don't have to do much of anything. What if you get there and they've already left? Then I say that they were gone because it's kind of suspicious if they're gone at 630 in the morning. Mm. How do you know, though? Because their car's gone? Yeah, just going off the cars. I could try to go in their house, but I don't know. You probably shouldn't, right? I'd probably get made. Oh, yeah. get made. Absolutely. My dad uses that phrase seriously all the time. <laughs> so. so, Ryan, if I were to drive somewhere right now mm-hmm. and try and I tried to shake you, mm-hmm. do you think I could? Uh, yeah, because I'm not very good at my job. Oh, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, usually when it comes down to it, if it's like running a light or continuing to follow the per and continuing to follow the person, I'll sometimes let the light hit because uh, not ready to die for the dicking industry. Not, <laughs> Is that cool. an industry term? That's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to run a red light and a cop saw that and mm-hmm. pulled you over, would you be like, "Hey, I'm a private dick. I'm uh, I'm following somebody." I, and they'd be like, hey, I no. get it. And then he'd say, would, screw copper. They're, right? And they're gone by the time the cop gets out of the car. But what I would do is um, if you have, like, a family member that's a police officer, like, mm-hmm. it's amazing what that can do as far as tickets. So it's kind of – I'd probably pull that card before the dick card. Oh, okay. fair enough. Fair enough. Like, hey, there's a cop in New York around 9-11. And then yeah. – <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you're right. There is a lot of real-world cynicism going on right now. Um so, well, that's very exciting. And so you're, to you, the most exciting case you have is the one where you can do the least amount of yeah. work, go home and go back to sleep. Exactly. It's okay. pretty fantastic. Because sometimes when I follow people, I have to go to like Connecticut or something. And no one wants to go to Connecticut. Then I got to like go home from there. And it's ridiculous. Do you listen to like really exciting music? I like, do you to listen you. to like musical scores and stuff? I have. A lot of times I'm listening to podcasts. And oh. in fact, there is one time where you referenced my job, and this is before I came on the show. It, like, it came up in conversation with someone, and I was dicking at the moment. So, oh. <laughs> yeah, I was in the process of following someone. Now, if you I'm were laughing to go, both of the coincidence and the repeated use mm-hmm. of the verb dicking. Now, if you were to go, let's say, if you were to go uh, like deep cover, mm-hmm. what would you call that? <laughs> You're just asking me to say something terrible. Yes, I am. Uh, I would call it deep dick ache. <laughs> so, wait. If you're, if you're goofing off at your job, mm-hmm. 
you can't be said to be dicking around because dicking around is yeah. that like, would, that's what you're supposed to be. Why can't it be both? I could have a good time and still be <laughs> observant. <laughs> Oh, this is so much fun. Well, not really. You seem to hate your job. I don't know. I don't I don't hate it. Um, I'm okay with it. I think it's the best way. Uh, But there's there's people who do it who are really into it. And that's great for them. And I I feel bad because sometimes I have to work alongside someone who really cares. And (laughs) then I I probably shouldn't be saying all this, but my dad won't. I don't think he knows. He's not a big podcast guy. So I think I might be okay. (laughs) But if your dad listened to this, you you would have been made, right? Yeah, I would I would be made in this situation, <laughs> not in like a made in Manhattan kind of way, just totally. Well, no, when you say made in Manhattan, my dicking would be busted. When you say made in Manhattan, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're talking about. I think it's a Jennifer Lopez. Movie. Right, so I'm saying the spelling M A I D. Yeah, I wanted to. I'm making connections. Here. Made in Manhattan. Are you, are, are are you also? Wing. Is that true? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. I saw that movie. It's not how, very good. How, not very good. Okay. It was originally called The Chambermaid, and then everyone realized that sounds like a softcore porn. No question. <laughs> and they changed it to Made in Manhattan. They probably would have gotten, you know, they would have expanded their audience like, oh, <laughs> The Chambermaid starring Jennifer uh, Lopez. That's exciting, right? Okay. So enough with sleuthing, mm-hmm. as I like to call it. Do you, do you ever have to solve anything? Um, is it just figuring? Is it yeah, just like, like figuring stuff? out if someone's home? Okay, it's about the extent of it. Like, oh, do you never have to go down to the courthouse and pull some records? Ooh. No, I got to. I did last. I think it was this summer, or maybe it was before. I don't remember when exactly. I did get to serve someone once. Ooh. Oh, oh, so that's I cool. Got to go up to this guy and tell him he was served, and he was very confused. And. Yeah, but yeah. did you do? Did you pull a clever ruse first, like in I, all the movies and TV shows? Well, I had to go to a. He was at like he court. For he was in court for something, oh. and they uh-huh. knew that. So I had to like hear them call his name, so I knew who he was. And then as he got out, I walked outside and served him his papers. That's kind of adding insult to injury. He's already yeah. in court and be like, and probably doesn't want to be there. But on top of that, it's like, hey, would you like more court? Yeah, you've got this. Here's a big lawsuit. Oh, Enjoy man. it. What a horrible job you have. <laughs> yeah. Just get to ruin people's lives. Pretty much, yeah. Just like an accessory to it, though. You know, they got themselves there. That's, oh. that's what people usually tell me if I'm like, I feel bad because there's this old lady who I'm checking in on. And they're like, well, she's taking advantage. And like, I don't know. I don't, How do you know? Like, How if, do they know? that the? Yeah, exactly. It could be the person who hired you who's the creep. Yeah, it could be anything. And I you could be working the, for the yeah. creep and this old lady could be perfectly innocent. Yeah, and I don't what I still don't understand is how like if I was doing this on my own for fun, it would be stalking, but because someone else is paying me, it's sort of legal. Like I don't I don't get that. Like, it's that? now stalking for profit. Yeah. So like I I don't understand. But like could someone Put out a, a restraining order against you? I would maybe. Like, I think legally I couldn't get in trouble, but I think I think part of why we don't want to get caught is because they can say something. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I don't, I honestly don't know how that works. But so this is why you got to stick to the shadows. Yeah. Absolutely. Keep, keep yeah. your head down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just stay in the field. I'm not really much of an office boy, so I don't know all the Out legal the field. jargon. Kick ass. Yeah, the field. <laughs> All right. Uh, so have fun. we exa- okay? Have we, we've exhausted the uh, fantasy awards thing forever, hopefully. Um, and have we exhausted the uh, private detective for the purposes of the podcast? Because you and I could ask, just spend all day asking mm-hmm. Ryan. Like, uh, you ever tap a phone line? Ooh, 
It's not legal. Mm. But um, well, sometimes when that's you d- not a, that's not a yes or no question. Sometimes <laughs> like when answer. you're dicking, you got to tap that. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> when you're dicking, you got to tap that. Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you guys about tweakedaudio.com, which is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of styles and colors. The good, great for listening in on phone calls. Uh, they are uh, available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you uh, show some patience and wait till fresh out. <laughs> Fresh out, wait till checkout, Watch and out. put in the offer code pretension. You'll get one third, one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. That's tweakedaudio.com offer code a pretension. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Now, we had an idea of what we wanted to talk about today. And there seems to be some hesitation as to whether or not we can go yeah, full force Our guest into- decided to puss out and decide mm-hmm. to... Well, uh, now I'm uncomfortable. Oh, oh, sorry. I don't like to use those terms, but I did say tap that earlier and so i'm i'm kind of locking into a character for the episode okay Uh, Okay. this is what happens when people take my side i get really really bold and (laughs) stupid um so um so yeah what let's 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 start from the beginning so last year yes you were here to talk about your film Mm -hmm. the backseat yes which i have seen yes and i enjoyed it was your top film of last year i appreciate that Mm-hmm. Number, one, Number one with a bullet. No mm-hmm. question about it. Last year is a pretty much shit year. Yeah. <laughs> oh wait, was your film about this Australian woman and uh, dealing with the loss of her husband and a, a problematic child? That's how some people interpret it. Okay. All right. I see. I see it. Um, wait, what movie are you talking? The Bombadook. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> so, uh, do you remember your favorite David? Sorry, do you remember your favorite movie year to year? That's interesting. I don't remember it. Do you remember what it was last year? It might have been The Great Beauty, but that also might have been two years ago. It was two years ago. Yeah, then I have no idea what it was. Selma. Was no, it yours. was Selma, yeah. So, no, I remember because we were both being very progressive with our female-directed uh, favorite movies of the year. <laughs> Not on purpose. Not um, on purpose. But, uh, yes, we are. that's because we have uh, progressivism in our bones. Is that how it works? Yeah, that's how okay. it works. Um, so, you I don't were, like... Uh, I, not only do I not remember, well, we did that at the end of February. Yeah. By the end of March, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what my favorite movie was. I, do, I don't remember that sort of thing. That's why I keep lists of everything, so I can always uh, reference. The key, David, is to define yourself by these lists of favorites and have no personality at all. And then you'll remember them really, really well like I do. Okay. So you have this movie, The Backseat, Ryan, mm-hmm. uh, which you made at this point, you finished two years ago. Uh, yeah, it was finished with post in like the middle of 2013. We shot okay. it in the summer of 2012. Wow. So it's a while ago. So you've been just milking this movie. Yeah. Just for riding years. on. It's tough having everyone ride on my coattails from the hemorrhoid <laughs> movie. And, uh, yeah, you know, took it around, around the world last year at film festivals. And it was actually right around the time I was here. We got an offer for distribution. 
And I always thought, like, the fairy tale they kind of tell you in film school, like, you get distribution, they're going to shut down streets, have a parade, and it's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. But really what happens is you uh, sign a very long contract, and you wait a long time, and then find out, okay, you got a deal. And then you do a bunch of things called deliverables, which is, like, the technical, like, exact file types they need for the movie, all this information. And it took me, like, probably a month to put together. And I learned that you can... And I learned this from the producer of Short Term 12, that you can question your deliverables and some stuff like a VHS copy for airplanes you might not need if your movie's never going to play on an airplane. So there were like a bunch of things that I was able to get around. So we send that in and uh, several months go by and they send me some artwork and that was exciting. I was like, oh, this movie's going to come out. And I didn't hear anything for a while until one day I got an email from Tyler Smith here saying congratulations and it was a press release announcing the release of the film which was supposedly coming out on dvd and digital yeah we, and that's how you found out that's how i found out <laughs> i don't think you told me that Tyler. yeah oh, i had gotten just through our various uh channels and stuff i had gotten something sent to i think my more than one lesson uh email address i was like hey i know that movie oh good for him everything's working out he must be very excited already right and so i just thought hey let's keep up uh let's keep up uh, connections and because uh, obviously because obviously yeah. you're going to be a big uh director yeah. now mm-hmm. and uh so yeah and then you said oh this is a very exciting day for me thanks tyler <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and I just want to say, this is apparently very common when you have a small movie with no one in it that people have heard of. So it's not specific to my situation, apparently. Um, so it was supposedly coming out on October 6th. So I was like, all right, my movie has to do with punk rock. What if I rent out like a DIY punk venue in Brooklyn and have a bunch of bands play and throw a big party? That would be a cool way to celebrate the release. So I even told the distributor that I was thinking about doing that. I asked them, like, would it be possible to have the DVDs by then? And they, they were back and were nice. And so leading up to that release, which it was like a month from when I decided to do that to when the movie was supposed to come out, I noticed that it was being promoted. It's coming out October 6th, and they would tweet it every few days. It was really exciting. Then about two days before the release, something went out saying coming out like soon. Like they used the word soon all of a sudden, which I thought was weird because it was like two days away. And I decided I'm not going to question it. And release day comes and the movie's not out anywhere. And we have this big party, and I gave people postcards. And I found out a little bit after that that it was pushed back for whatever business reasons. And they were like, hey, we'll tell you when it's actually coming out. Sorry. Well, not even sorry. It wasn't like that. And then, sure enough, like two other release dates get announced, one of which was a few days ago, which made me think, oh, this, I should make this L.A. trip that I was going to make uh-huh. and you know do some podcasts and promote the release. And it really looked like it was coming out this time because they had like a slate of movies they're putting out. And one of those movies came out. Ours didn't. (laughs) But what I did find out is that it is coming out. I don't know when, but it'll be on iTunes and Amazon and a bunch of stuff. And that's very exciting. That's fantastic. But the lesson learned is that um, apparently the reason why they don't tell the filmmakers in these situations is because when something falls through, they don't want to be caught saying like directly to you like, hey, it's coming out on DVD at this date and you'll be able to get it here until it's 100% locked, which apparently happens a day or two before release. I don't understand it, but... Yeah, that seems weird that they would think 
that it would be kept secret. Yeah, and I don't I don't want to say anything to reflect poorly on them because they've been kind about no, it. And they are putting out and, your movie. Yeah, so, they're putting yeah. out the movie and no one has to it's not like there's this huge demand for it. So like I get it. But you would think with a smaller movie where you need any sort of advertising or attention you can get, you would want the filmmakers to know so they can promote it, but Seeing as how they're probably the only ones that are going to promote yeah, it. Yeah, basically. Although there was a, that huge press release. That's a lot true. of places picked up on it. And we were getting reviews of the movie coming out like the week or so leading up to that first release date. So it was like really exciting because mm. we got a couple good ones. We got some really bad ones. And it was like real world <laughs> film release time. And then the movie didn't come out. So, And the fun thing, too, when you get these release dates is you'll tell like your friends and family. And then the date comes and my phone just blows up with texts like, hey, where can we get it? I'm checking iTunes. Where is it? And then I just have to say, I don't know. <laughs> that's a very that's that that would bum me out tremendously yeah did you did i assume this party wound up not happening right oh no i so what i did it was probably like the smartest thing i've done in a long time when it looked like there was a chance they were flaking on the release a venue recently had a fire like a week or two before another like diy punk place so i decided to make it also a benefit for that because i didn't know what to do mm. with any money we'd make anyway right. and i was able to get like a kind of bigger band to headline and so when the day came, I was just like, yep, it's a benefit for the silent barn, which is what we did with all the money. And I think it got a few more people to come, but I couldn't cancel it because I had like five or six bands playing and mm. it worked out like if the movie came out, it was like the perfect setup. Like we had bands from the soundtrack there and we had a decent turnout, but then the movie just simply. But you raised some money for the silent barn. Sound. Yeah. The silent barn got a little bit of money and, uh, yeah, and I learned which bands I look up to are nice people, like the ones that politely declined. Um, to drop a name, Ted Leo, he responds to uh, mm. emails, at least mine, and he was the sweetest man ever about not being able to play this little thing on two days' notice. <laughs> so big ups to Ted Leo. That's awesome. Yeah. Who who did play? Anyone? Uh, this band Cutters that I don't think anyone outside of New York would okay. know, but they're fantastic. Um, they just put out an EP, um, really great punk rock their singers uh pierce lightning he's kind of like kind of like a very queer version of like mick jagger meets um not david bowie who do i always iggy pop why do i get them confused but that's because the it's gold mine sure <laughs> <laughs> the same but like same kind of stage presence and i think they're gonna blow up soon awesome so what else can we talk about? Like I, I, I like I, I don't want to. I wanted to talk yeah. about your distribution woes, but now it sounds like things are turning around and working out. So yeah, uh, you don't have if you don't have things to complain about. Mm -hmm. Well, and we one run thing, out of things to talk about. One thing that you had mentioned, and I wanted to see, I wanted to get a, a bit more detail on it at the very least, just to make sure that I I know specifically what you were talking about is that. So there's the digital distribution. Mm -hmm. And then there's DVD distribution. Yes. And if they don't distribute the DVD after a certain amount of time, the rights revert back to you, or do you have the rights no matter what? I believe, and I don't want to say this is definitely the case, but it's set up so after a certain amount of time, we do get the option to put out a DVD. The okay. problem with DVDs now is that no one buys them, yeah. and there's a certain threshold they need to pre-sell before they get impressed. Hmm. So like, I even made special features and everything. Um, but iTunes, does iTunes do special features? They, yeah, I they think do, they right? do, but I don't think little, like smaller distribution companies or filmmakers have much control okay. onto getting that out there. But I know companies like VHX will sell like special features as like a package, okay. and 
Yeah, so I think regardless, I'll get the special features out there. I'm hoping to find a way to do a DVD release, though, because you know, no one wants their movie just to exist in the cloud and on people's hard drives. Uh, would one of the special features be the short film? Uh, I think I couldn't do that. Oh, that's put, unfortunate. What I'm going to do is I'll put the short film probably on YouTube very free and public. Because okay. I think because of like the SAG actors in that... Oh, okay, we did it yeah. under like a student contract, so like part of that I think is not to have it affiliated with making a profit. I believe I did. I wait. Did I review the short film? Oh, yeah. or just the? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the way you said that. Uh, what was I, worse? Did yeah, I review, review or my handshake or my tweet about your the tweet was brutal <laughs> again? But it wasn't. It very specifically wasn't was, about you. I was sad. What was? It, what did the tweet say specifically? It said what I just said before, which is that. I feel like when someone has a weak handshake, it's personal and they're oh, trying wow. to upset me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, did I, I, re- I reviewed everything positively, right? Yeah. The, the short was much more positive. The uh, other one was a mixed positive. That's true. That's but, true. Uh, look, the concept is fine. Yeah. Uh, it, it's good. It's fine for 15 <laughs> minutes, but that's about yeah, it. Stretching it out to an hour 44. <laughs> yeah. Hour four. Come on. Um, but you know what? I believe if I'm not mistaken, I wish I had. You're re- joking. What? Yes. It's a yes, good yes. movie. People <laughs> should totally check it out. Yeah. When it's available on iTunes and Amazon. Is that what you're, you're just doing with everything? Right. Amazon, even? Uh, Amazon, Amazon Ama- Prime, Amazon. No, it's Amazon. Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, I believe what I said is, or at least, and I, I wish I had reread the review. Um, is that it's not a perfect film, and you yourself would say it's not a perfect film, yes. and there are things that that took me out of it and things that detracted mm-hmm. but that but at the same time would you say that there's a lot of dicking around and follow up would you say that's a good thing or a bad thing uh there are two kinds of dicking around yeah. uh in one case in one case the the plot was really meandering i'm like come on guys but in the other case uh, a character follows somebody else i'm like now we're talking uh the height of efficiency and there's a penis in the film for like a second that most people don't notice is there really i guess yeah. i didn't and notice you know who it. did uh, we did a cast and crew screening, and I told a couple people ahead of time when I talked about making the movie how uncomfortable it was that this actor had to like get naked to get this shot of him in the shower. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I gave him the option where I could have like put like some sort of blur that would have came off like steam, and probably, but he was cool with it because it's literally a few frames. And a lot of the people I told about it before the cast and crew screening were like, where was that? I was looking. I didn't see it. And sure enough, after the next day, like my ben mom. like Ben Affleck and Gone Girl. Yeah, exactly. It's just like that. And then, But the next day, my mom comes up to me and she's like, I think you need to edit your movie. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she's like, the nudity. And she noticed. So I don't know what that says. Your mom's got an eagle eye. Yeah, yeah she was really that sort of locked thing. into yeah. that area. Uh, which which actor was it? Uh, the lead actor. Oh, really? Yep. Interesting. Um, yeah, and... Uh, I think what I had said is that like there, there, the characters make certain choices that I would say like quote unquote didn't make a lot of sense, but they didn't make a lot of sense in a very human way and in a way that I think is a very high school on top of everything else. And so uh, I think I came away being fairly positive even on the imperfections of the film. So that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was uh, one of the first reviews that was like thought out. So that's, yeah, that's good. good. What are, what's some of the worst stuff that people have said? Um, there's one that's my cover photo on Facebook right now. I could, <laughs> I could pull that up immediately. Please do. Um, Absolutely. This one was published on 9 yeah. 11 of this year, which for some reason's interesting to me. But um, yeah, I would, I would love to. I don't think. I think 9 11 only refers to the one year, right? I don't think we use 9 11. Yeah. 
every on, year now. This is how this person celebrated the 11th anniversary <laughs> of 9-11. So this review is kind of your 9-11. Absolutely. Kind of, yeah, exactly. Um, I could just, here, I'll just read the title. It's an IMDb review that was eventually published on a website. Sadly, the film was so offensive and nasty that I couldn't recommend it to anyone. And uh, I'll just read the last sentence. So far, I'm sold on the movie. The bottom line is that the film is incredibly uneven, as if some talented actors and a director were given a script written by Bevis and Butthead. They and the audience (laughs) deserve better. So I I was pretty proud of that one. Can you say where this eventually got published? I think Influx Magazine, which is an online thing. And I looked up this person's, because that's what I do now when I get like a bad or good review. I like to see how they reviewed movies I liked, because mm. like sometimes right, they'll yeah. trash like my favorite movie. And it's like, of course. Um, this person has. And I imagine you're doing this on your tablet while you're waiting for someone to either leave their home right. or come home. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's all I do. Taking your eyes very much off the, uh, yeah. off the doorway and stuff. Off the well, I kind of want to read the bad reviews to have some rage when I follow people. Sure. It makes it more exciting. In case they make you, yeah. you gotta, I gotta make them engage rage. in some fisticuffs <laughs> yeah. to get out of there by the skin of your teeth. Absolutely. Exactly. So, um, yeah, this guy, I looked at his IMDb account just to see it. And I saw that he reviewed like four things that day and he wrote 18,000 reviews on IMDb. 18,000, wow. not like 1,800, like 18,000. How, I mean, how long are they? That uh, they're about the length of mine, which is like three paragraphs with one of the paragraphs being on the long side. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, imp- here's the thing, like. Part of me is like, oh man, I wish I have written. I wish I had written that many. But the other part of it is, yeah, but they're just IMDb reviews. Yeah, get a website, man. Come on. And that's the thing. I think he does send them. I guess to Influx Magazine okay. or whatever. Okay. But I don't know how you get anything out of watching that many movies in a day. Because even like a lot of like film bloggers and critics, like I don't think they watch more than three or four. And like this guy's got to watch like five a day to do that many yeah and a lot of them are like at my level so it's just like it's really digging yes well and it's it's like we gotta you know who i gotta take swipes at uh, those guys with also almost no publicity uh just that idea of swinging upwards that's not for me although i guess when you're watching eighteen thousand movies you'll arrive at the smaller ones uh at some point dave we gotta get this guy for our website yeah yeah we are sure i get i Um, say his name What's it? I can say his name. What is it? Um, oh, I was kind of joking. His name is oh. his name is Martin. Okay. He's from yeah, let's not say anymore. Central Florida. Martin. I found out where he lived. So, cool. <laughs> I'll tell you a, a fun thing, and this is a way off course. So, but speaking of seeing a lot of movies, you had something else you wanted to talk about. So we're going to get back to that. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Pin in, a pin in that. Okay. Um, yes. So for more than one lesson, probably I, I've been threatening my uh, co-hosts with this for a while now. Uh, there is a director named, a writer-director named Timothy Che, C-H-E-Y. Uh, he's been around for a while, and I want to do an episode about him and his supporters. Uh, yes, I recognize it sounds like I'm talking about a politician. Um, but uh, <laughs> Or a cult leader. Or a cult leader, yes, there's that as well. Uh, it does kind of have that vibe to it. Here's a fun thing to do on IMDb. Look up a movie called David and Goliath, uh, put out, I think, last year or the year before. I don't remember exactly, but um, this, uh, this was a movie made by Tim Che. He secured a, a 
multi-million dollar budget, uh, according to many, uh, completely wasted, um, and made a movie about David and Goliath. Wait, have you seen it? I have not, but I know a lot of people that have. Um, that's not a substitute. I'm going to no, just people that I that I that I trust. But um, okay, and I have seen stills from it, and uh, from a from a visual standpoint, and where you think the money would go in a biblical epic, it would appear <laughs> it went to craft services. Um, <laughs> you mean like everyone's really fat? <laughs> <laughs> that's not nice. But, <laughs> well done, David. Uh, and so, but what happens is, and and I've read interviews with this guy. Uh, he did. He did make a movie years ago called "Suing the Devil." Devil played by Malcolm McDowell, um, and he and there are a number of other actors. So he's made not big movies, but slightly higher profile movies. I still haven't seen a single one. I I will watch a number of them before I do an episode about him. But you don't need to have watched his movies to understand the uh, intellectual corruption of his outlook. Um, oh so if you look at the IMDb reviews for David and Goliath or really anything else. And then if you read any interview with him, you will find that he has set, and this is something that, that can happen in the Christian film industry, but it usually doesn't like he is the worst (laughs) of these people. And I say this as someone like war room is my least favorite, favorite movie of this year. Uh, saving Christmas was my least favorite movie that year. Kirk Cameron looks like the height of, uh, flexibility and open openness to criticism compared to Tim Che okay. and the people that love him. Yeah, you have to go into more detail though. Okay, because you've, yeah, I'm so, on the edge of my seat now. He's put himself in a position intellectually to never be made fun, not even made fun of, never be criticized in any way. Because if you are a non-Christian and you say that his movie is bad, well, that's it right there. Like obviously, you were never going to like it. This could be the best movie ever made, and you're not going to like it. Because you're not a Christian, and, you don't get And it. therefore, you don't... Because you're not a Christian, you are therefore you're anti-Christian. You're right? Obviously. No question about it. Anyone who's not with us is against us, right? Exactly. And so, your opinion can be very easily dismissed. Now, if you are a Christian, and you don't like his movie, well, now you've... You, uh, you need to... Now you're not taking into account his intentions, and you are trying to look cool for... The non-Christians. It, it, there, there is a term he has uh, coined. Uh, now, I've heard the term before, but this is the first time I've heard it in regards to reaction to film. Uh, carnal Christian is what he calls that. Somebody who is... What uh, mean? Uh, I mean, carnal just, means of the flesh, right? Yeah, somebody who says that they're a Christian. Yeah, they might believe this stuff, but they're, still, they're letting too much of the world so, and their desire to impress the world impact... Like, undoubtedly, he would think that's what I am. There's no question about it. So he's taking on his critics himself, then? Himself and... And he's amassed a following. Yeah. An army. Yeah. And they are... They have taken to the IMDb pages and forums for all of his movies. They have... If there's, if there's like, a negative IMDb review, you'll see it on page, like, five or six. Because they just flood these things with uh, the the most vomitous horse shit about how wonderful this movie is. And again, I haven't seen it, but when you look at like, it is about as, it's pretty much propaganda to read these reviews. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's a weird little subculture. It sounds like it'd be really fun to troll those people, <laughs> but exhausting. You could, You'd have to be somebody like this Martin yeah. guy to troll all of them, you know? <laughs> Martin. So <laughs> Martin. I, <it's, laughs> 
<laughs> Good old Martin. They, so Martin. Are they prayer warriors? I don't know. If you, you probably see this. <laughs> I've heard the, the term. Is that what they are? Because I see every now and then someone's going through some crisis, and it's. I'm not trying to make fun of religion or anything, but then they're like, prayer warriors, I need you. Like is it? It you know what it could be uh, that kind of thing. I don't. I've I've heard that term before. Like, Professor X, prayer warriors to me, <laughs> to me, my prayer warriors. Well, that's the Avengers assemble. But it's, so prayer warriors are. Well, he said Charles Xavier yeah. says to to me, my X Men or something like that, right? Well, what he, what you know what they would say is prayer warriors come out and play. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> So uh this has been battleship retention? Yeah, oh, we can't. Can. <laughs> uh That was uh yeah. So okay. Yeah, uh I it's probably that it's this idea of and I don't know like the my my theory but I I can't find any proof of this like is Tim Che the pastor of a church cuz that's the only way I could see it people being this loyal to him. People that attend his church, believe in what he's trying to do and there you go. Otherwise like I don't know how I have not met any Christian I've met, you know, I, I went last year to the, the international Christian film festival, people who love movies that I don't like and I think are bad and they'll defend them. But you know what? It's not this, it's not the slavish devotion that I see literally a more likely explanation is that he, Tim Che has 300 IMDb accounts uh-huh. and is just finding different ways to say the same thing over and over again. Well, like we should, that's we how get it to the bottom like. of who this Tim Che guy is, and I feel like this might be a job for the best private dick we know. Oh, no question. Absolutely. I, get to the of that. I think you got to put him on the case. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Do you ever do pro bono work? Yeah. All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I do know um, some Chays, though, from my high school. I don't know them well, but mm. maybe they're all related. It's probably a good place to start. Also, I think that might be racist. Yeah, and also I just threw out the guy's name, so I can't say the funny thing. Oh, um, but oh that's too bad. Talk about it later. But, uh, okay, so anyway. Yes, you've been watching a lot of movies this year. Yeah. You've set a goal for yourself for 2015. Yeah, because I'm dumb, and I decided, like, four months into the year, because there's this movie subscription service. Should we not say the name, because they're not advertised? Oh, we can say the name, because Tyler says it constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So so the movie pass, wonderful thing, especially if you want to see a lot of movies. So I got it because I realized I was spending more going to the movies like four or five times a month and still not seeing certain things to save mm-hmm. money. So I got now, This it. is once you've watched all 30 movies that are available on movie.com. Of course. Okay. Right. Well, that's, yeah. that's what I do at home. But like, sometimes <laughs> I got to go out. And, or again, uh, sometimes on the tablet. Yeah. On the outside tablet. The, the, the creep's house. He's a creep, yeah. I've decided. Whoever, whoever this <laughs> guy is. Yeah, or I'm a nook, which I, I found out recently. The Nook, uh, watching it on the Nook, oh, okay. oh, I which see. I found out recently has movies on it because we were told that the backseat wasn't coming out on Nook, which <laughs> is <laughs> devastating to say the least. Like I didn't know that was yeah. going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, so I got Movie Pass at some point towards the end of last year, and probably around April or May, I realized I was seeing a lot of movies with it, but not. I didn't have a goal in mind. I was like, oh, maybe this would be the year to see 100. And this isn't counting like Friends movies and festival screenings. I mm-hmm. want to see if I could see 100 new releases. And the thing with movie passes, you can't really do double features. You have to do like one per 24 hours. Right. So it seemed like a good challenge. Um, but then I got towards the end of the year, and I was up to like 60-something probably in September. And that meant seeing like 11 or 12 movies a month for the rest of the year. And that got really stressful because I live but in, this is the time Jersey. to do it though. This is the time to do it. Yeah. So I started doing it and now I'm up to 94. 
So I got it's the fifteenth. You've yeah. got uh, well, how many days? You got sixteen days 16 to days. see six movies. Yeah. So pull Easy. it off. Yeah. Um, no problem. But it's it's become legitimately stressful because I have. To, so I found myself going really out of my way to see things that I wasn't interested in, and sometimes that'll work out to like a pleasant surprise. Like um, learning to drive was something I saw. Oh, I'm with, so glad you yeah. saw. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fantastic. Yeah, I thought it was movie. really great. Um, um, yeah. And that was just because I had nothing to do and realized in order to hit 100 movies, I should see something with my free time. So I saw that. And uh, But then there's other situations I find myself getting in because of having to see so many movies. So I went to see Brooklyn a couple weeks ago. And normally, if I'm really tired, I won't go see a movie. That no, I no spoilers. See. No spoilers. I'm waiting. I got my... Yeah. Wait, is I that the movie you were talking about, David? <laughs> All right. Oh, wait. Brooklyn or Star Wars? Uh, they're the same basically. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I I saw Brooklyn and I was really tired and I don't know if I didn't connect with the movie because I was tired or because I didn't like it. And that kind of makes me sad, but I had to see it to like kind of fill my quota to see a hundred movies. So that's kind of been the downfall. And also I've seen some very not good things. Do you feel like, cause yeah, I have movie pass and it has allowed me to see, so I got it first last year, and if you look at 2013, 2014, 2015, you see the number of movies go up. Yeah. That Like this year, I think I've seen 70 movies from 2015. Now, I've, some of them are screenings, some of them are, you know, but MoviePass plays a big part of it. And, um, and there is any, and so even though I will use it on the movies I want to see, there is also, uh, there's the term, oh, that's a movie pass movie, which is a movie I wouldn't be seeing if not for movie pass. Uh, and give some examples, the last witch hunter in the heart of the sea, uh, Kingsman, which turned out to, and sometimes they're pretty good. Yeah. Kingsman is, is not, I like you sound like the movie phone guy <laughs> in the heart of the sea. <laughs> if the movie you want to see is Kingsman, <laughs> the secret service, press one. Did, Movie phone has to be done, right? Like that was done they 15, 20 years ago. They just have a website. Okay. Because I know from excessively Googling my own movie to find out when things are coming out <laughs> that these websites, they can't copy and paste synopsises or synopses. So um, a lot of them have really goofy ones for my movie. And it sounds like this kid trying to find his sexuality in most of them. <laughs> so that's how I know they're still around, was going deep in a search. And they're many pages back. But wait, if you send out, if the producer or the, the distributor sends out a press release yeah. they could they could copy they and paste could. That synopsis, I think, right yeah i think a lot of these places took it from imdb though mm. instead and then just changed it to whatever their version of. and like they clearly have never seen the movie and never will but it, it's kind of fun to see uh but uh, about movie pass movies i saw 50 shades of gray opening night because i had movie pass and thought it would be an interesting crowd was it fun kind of yeah i saw it by myself and it was a lot of like a lot of women and then a lot of like husbands and boyfriends being dragged there that looked miserable uh-huh. and uh yeah it was a pretty fun experience did you get some digits oh yeah <laughs> of course uh i got uh, you, you could have figured out the phone numbers on your own anyway right that's, yeah. that's oh, kind of what you do absolutely <laughs> all the time you, you can just pick, you can just you know how to read faces like mm-hmm. i can i got this guy's number yeah um and so uh yeah uh fantastic four is a mm-hmm. movie pass movie like just it's really good f- for me it's good for movies that i'm vaguely curious about or want to be want to be a part of the conversation even if it's a conversation I don't care much about, you know, and people were talking about fantastic four. And I thought, you know what? 
uh, I want to be able to talk about Fantastic Four. It still didn't get me to see Terminator Genesis, but uh, but I've seen Fantastic Four. Um, so what is what are some of the best movies you've seen uh, this year? Like in general, sure. Or, um, I see. I, well, using the movie pass, yeah. Like I, I use movie pass for pretty much. Like I'm not going to pay to see movies now, like in theaters, <laughs> if I have the movie pass. Like some kind of. But chunk, there are theaters yeah. that it doesn't. Well, and you're in Los Angeles, yeah. Oh, but when you're in like the center of New Jersey, there's most theaters it works at. And, okay. Uh, like when I see like if a friend has a movie at a festival, I'll obviously go pay to see that. Um, but yeah, my favorite movies this year just I really liked um, the end of the tour. I liked a lot. Yeah. The Martian, which I, I like was to really call surprised. The yeah, like that's like I kind of wish people didn't talk about how hopeful it was though, or and like how it wasn't a cynical movie at all. Because I think I would have enjoyed it more thinking that because like knowing that I was like, how do you mean? How, a lot of people talked about how it was like how it was a very optimistic film, and it is. Yeah, which is cool. But in a movie like where someone could be dying, for example, and shit could go really wrong, kind of knowing that, like, okay. I would have liked to have in the back of my head the idea that stuff could have happened that didn't happen in the movie. Is that vague enough not to spoil The Martian? I've not seen it. So. Now, let me say this. I feel like if you, you obviously know movies. People, someone has a movie pass, sees a lot of movies. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the tone of the, Mar- of the Martian is such that 30, 40 minutes in, you can tell that it's not going to yeah. all go south. It's not that it, it just doesn't yeah. feel like that kind of movie. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there are devastating and drastic like setbacks that yeah. he encounters, but like, this isn't the kind of movie that's going to be about a guy starving to death yeah. millions of miles away from everyone else. Like that's not, yeah. I, I feel like I'm not like, maybe if you well, know nothing about it, that's yeah. a, that's a spoiler, but that's if you watch, that's not the tone of this movie. At yeah. All. And we all know it's a comedy now. So. That's true, yeah. One of the best comedies. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hey, I got I got my uh, I got my points. It's what I have for my uh, best picture. After uh, it was clear, a hateful eight was not going to get a whole lot of love uh, from a best picture standpoint. See, I'm still able to bring it back, and I'm, we're going to be talking about this until the Oscars. Fine, yeah. listeners will get sick of it. There's no question about I'm it. I'm sick of it. In fact, I quit. Yeah, but oh wow, okay, that's. <laughs> I was about to uh, I was about to talk about well you're not a listener and then you actually upped the ante of being uh, disengaged so um, okay I'm sorry we got yeah. distracted um, no I, I I can't quit because Scott would love it if I quit because he's in second oh is that how it works oh I yeah. see oh he I would see. love it oh I thought you meant you quit the show no I mean I quit the, I, I was gonna say I quit the fantasy award season but I don't yeah no you got to make that money it's not how much money that. is in those. What's the pot? It's like a hundred and hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, around that. Something like that. It's so. not. Yeah, it's 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 it'll be a nice dinner. That can give um, you like four months of movie pass. That's um, true. I I don't need any help seeing free movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, if there's one thing people are definitely not sick of, it's hearing that we go to critic screenings. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I don't talk about that. I just did it now to be kind of a dish. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's that's the other thing. Uh, you know, here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tinseltown. The they got Hollyweird. Lipstick City. That's, that a, <laughs> that's a thing. That's from the best show. Sorry. I shouldn't, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't quote things from other shows. So, uh, so let's see. Well, this is now, uh, this is a off air discussion, but I'm going to have it be on air because we still have a few more minutes to kill. Um, now I believe I have sent you an email 
Yes. To be on the voting committee mm-hmm. for this year's BPs. Yes. And, what, what an and, honor. I'm, ex- and I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. I, di- I, I did that not knowing that you've probably seen more movies than most of the other people in the voting body, <laughs> which is very exciting for me. Yes. So you've got, do you have your, uh, I don't, I don't want any spoilers for your ballot. Yeah, please. Because it is, for me, yeah. a very exciting thing. And but I do don't, f- also don't want you to sway anyone. Yeah, I don't want to oh, sway indeed. Absolutely. anyone. Absolutely. But do you feel like you, uh, you'll be able to, uh, to come up with five for each category? I think yes, but I also think seeing this many movies makes certain things harder, especially like oh, when it comes about to it. like, yeah. um, what's the name for the cameo award that you have? Oh, the Bruce McGill Award for Best yeah. Performance Under 15 Minutes. Like, if I went into seeing all these with that in mind and could take note of them, but like, I, I don't remember, I don't have like good movie memory from like remembering what happens in every movie I see mm-hmm. and then seeing like a hundred or so in theaters, like I don't know, a lot of that, a lot of the particulars blur together. So like, I, don't know, I really liked, um, I'm just trying to think of like a movie from earlier this year. I connected, Oh, while we're young, for example, that came out in like April or so. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it, but I don't know for sure if like the screenplay stands up next to something else that's come out more recently. It might be more fresh on my mind. And also it doesn't help that no one's necessarily talking about that movie still. This is why I keep running a running list through the year. So I don't, don't, I don't forget, which is what I would have done differently if I knew I was going to be accepted into the, so that I don't forget how great Cinderella is, even though I have rewatched it. Um, now back to that award in the BPs. Yes. Um, the, the name of our award show is in the BP. No question about it. Um, the Bruce McGill Award for Best Performance Under 15 Minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, that, oh, the name of that award commemorates Bruce McGill's performance in The Insider. That's correct. Not, it's not that Bruce McGill, because I feel like it's kind of misleading. Because it well, feels like what you're saying is Bruce McGill is known for being great in small roles. But he's in Animal House a bunch. Right. He's in Time Cop, like, the whole time. Legend of Bagger Vance. Uh, okay. Uh, like... So I I wonder if if we need well, to occasionally just remind the listener why it's called. Sure, that. absolutely. Okay, so the full title will be the Bruce McGill and the Insider Award. For yes. Be- okay, I would say the Ron Motley Award, which is the name of his character, also the name of a uh, Mississippi lawyer, and people would get really confused. Is that by true? That. Yes, because okay. he was a he was a real guy. Um, so yeah, uh, good thinking, David. And uh, yes, I'm sorry for. Uh, <laughs> Because I, I forget what not, people don't obsess about this stuff like I do, right. and maybe they don't remember that kind of thing. Um, but yes, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to uh, to spring it on you so late in the year. Otherwise, you would have hopefully, like I do, uh, keep uh, have a list of every category, and after every, basically every movie I see that I like, I go through category by category and think, is there oh. anything from this movie that belongs in one of these categories? That Wait, sounds do you like really do so that much all work. Year long? What was that? You do that all year long? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's so, more than I do. Yeah, what I would do if and maybe I would start doing now is when I like when something stands out with a movie, maybe I would take note of that, but to do that for every single thing. It's I mean, I don't go after I see Fantastic 4 mm-hmm. or The Last Witch Hunter, but you know, after yeah. seeing something that is good, it's it actually kind of helps me deconstruct what specifically I liked about it. Was it Oh, that's I can you know, see that being helpful. Yeah, which is, oh, okay. Uh, and so I'll, I go through and I realize, hmm, this is mostly a performance movie for me. Like, the script is good, but not that great. It's edited fine. But this is mostly about the actors. And I don't think I would have realized that. Or I wouldn't have thought about it so clearly if I hadn't had made myself do this 
uh, directly after seeing it. So I would suggest go through your list. Do, are you on Letterboxd at all? No, I'm, I might take the plunge on that. I feel like so with something like that, I kind of want to start that at the beginning of a year mm-hmm. and be very organized with that year as a right. book. Because if I start digging back, like I'm going to start doing that. Like when I sit down to like write or respond to emails, like I'll probably end up adding that to the list of things that I look at before I actually work. And I don't need any more of that in my life. Plus you gotta, you know, once you turn it for letterbox, you gotta, you gotta get to 18,000 reviews mm-hmm. to be the, Mar- the Martin of letterbox. Absolutely. It's such a weird thing. How many, and this is a, a, a strange question to ask, but someone asked me recently, probably as a function of letterbox, how many movies do you think you've seen? Total? Total. I mean, over the course uh, of your life. Uh, I, I'm really bad. Like I can't look at a room and tell you how many people are in that room. Right. I feel like it's, I, that would be the same yeah, thing. Like I'm terrible at it as well. Like part of me immediately says, like I don't know, twenty thousand. It's probably not twenty thousand. Like even for people like us who watch more movies than most people, it probably tops out around five, and that's and that might even be high. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. it's a very strange thing. Like think about how many movies, like how many new movies you see in a year. Now think of how many old movies you see in that year. Well, that'll probably come to maybe 120, 150, perhaps. I imagine there are a lot of our listeners for whom it's much higher than that. That's true, yes. Martin uh, might be a listener. Oh. I hope he is. Martin, shoot me. Tyler, sorry, uh, David at BattleshipPretension.com. Yes. Uh, email David and let him know what you think of this episode and of Ryan. In three paragraphs, one of them on the longer side. We'll leave it up to you. Which one? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm sorry. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something that I've, and I, and I tried on Letterboxd to go year by year and see all the movies that are on Letterboxd and just click the ones I've seen so that I can just add it up. Uh, after a while, I started to go insane. Yeah. Realized I have an actual paying job, a wife I love, three podcasts, friends. Right. And I don't also, mean to say that movies you haven't seen. Like you're you're spending time not watching movies by clicking all these movies. Exactly. Like a like a rat yeah. trying to get a pellet. Yeah, and there's only one way to stop it, and that's to kill myself because <laughs> that's the only way to guarantee, well now I know for sure how many I wh- where my stopping point is. Well, Speaking of killing ourselves, we've all got places to be. Absolutely. So, um, Ryan, thank you so much for coming. I'm glad. At first, I was like, "What are we going to do if we can't?" You know, now that your distribution thing worked out, we can't. We can't just showcase you uh, uh, railing against (laughs) the problems for an hour. But I think this looser conversation ended up being a lot of fun. We got some good. uh, We got some good jokes out of it. Had a good time. Absolutely. Uh, Yes, Ryan. Thank you so much. And uh, I guess listeners, you know, be on the lookout for. Release of the back seat. Once uh, I'm sure, once you have it nailed down, uh, I'll be sure to retweet and yeah. put it, post it on our Facebook page and stuff like yes. that. Yes, but just keep keep refreshing iTunes and mm-hmm. Amazon or Amazon Prime, whichever mm-hmm. one you have, until it shows until the back seat shows up. Right. Um, you can find us at battleshipretention.com. That's where you can find all of our movie reviews, including if you go back far enough, reviews of the back seat, mm-hmm. um, all of the other podcasts in the fleet, and all sorts of other stuff uh, at battleshipretention.com. You can email us at david at battleshipretention.com or tyler at battleshipretention.com or both. I don't know why we say or or you, you can do both. Sure. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at Davey Pretension. And you can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Now, Tyler, your other podcast is what? 
It is. <laughs> what is I wasn't expecting, wasn't expecting the H to be as pronounced as it just was. You took me by surprise. And I guess I should learn to expect that yeah, kind of thing. It is kind of how, what I do. So, uh, yeah, I have another podcast called More Than One Lesson. This week, uh, let's see, by the, yes, by the time this goes up, uh, my co-host, Robert Hornack, uh, we're going through his 10 favorite movies of all time. Now, it was very difficult for him to put that together. And then uh, he and said... And then he spent four sleepless days on Letterboxd <laughs> looking at every movie ever. And so he, he had narrowed it down to like a top 23 or something like that. And I said, okay, well, That's we're right. not going to oh, yeah. do that. We're going to do 10. And then he's like, okay, can I do it alphabetical? And I said, mm, maybe. No, I think what I think I'm going to have to make you rank them because I'm an asshole. Oh, that's cruel. Yeah, it is. That's and, tough. Uh, but yes, so that was that's what he's doing. You say co-host, but you're clearly in charge. There. Oh, he's one of three rotating co-hosts. There is an anchor and it is me. OK. And I am weighing that thing all the way to the bottom of the ocean. All right. My other podcast is about television. It's called Hey, Watch This with Paul and David. This uh, this year we're doing our now third annual um Christmas, uh, classic Christmas episodes, uh, instead of watching two episodes of that are currently airing because there's nothing good airing, um, (laughs) at this time of year, we were watching some classic, uh, Christmas episodes of our choosing, um, this year, I think, can I make a suggestion? Well, it's too late for this year. You can make a suggestion for next year. Okay. Let's put a pin in that. I'm going to ask you in a second, but I just want to say, we're going to watch, uh, the son of Stimpy episode Hmm. of Ren and Stimpy. Uh, and we are going to watch the Will and Grace episode, Jingle Balls. All right. You can, uh, I'm sure when I said Ren and Stimpy, you were like, I wonder who picked Ren and Stimpy. And then I said Will and Grace, and you were like, oh, obviously Paul picked Obviously. Ren and Stimpy because Paul would never pick Will and Grace. No way. <laughs> uh, what are you, what's your suggestion? I was going to suggest uh, the episode of The Tick. Oh. Where uh, This is the cartoon tick. Yes, where they go against the villain Multiple Santa. Uh, and right. you deal with ticks uh continued belief in santa claus all right i'm gonna keep that in mind you got that or you you have that i do okay i'm gonna keep i'd that also recommend season four of parenthood their christmas episode okay. that made me cry a lot a couple weeks ago what a parenthood episode yeah yeah um, very original take on it yeah that's uh that's, they're designed to make you cry yeah. right yeah that's what they are i haven't seen a single episode i've seen a few and uh even not knowing the whole backstories tends to have that effect yeah hmm. So, um, Ryan, people, uh, where can people find you and where, where should people look for news about the backseat? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and the Instagram at the bloody mess, um, for the backseat Facebook, you look up the backseat movie. It's on there. I have a website that I don't update ever. Ryan O'Leary films.com. Okay. I'm assuming when the backseat's out though, I will do a thorough oh, okay. update. That's not a list of the things you've seen with your movie pass. No, no. I, okay. One, one day I'll do that. Probably not. But I don't know. Every New Year's, my resolution is to like start a blog or like uh-huh. a podcast, and then uh, I don't do it. So you should do a podcast about being a private investigator. Damn right. Yeah. yeah no Just, question. I can do it, it while I'm dicking. Oh, I'm just sitting there. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey guys. About it. And you can call it dicking. Yeah. Dicking around. This dicking thing, around. Yes. That's dicking around with Ryan O'Leary. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well, keep your eyes peeled uh, and your ears peeled, listeners, for Dicking Around with Ryan O'Leary. It'll be available on iTunes soon, as will the back seat. It would have um, the apostrophe, right? Not a full dicking. It would be dicking, right? Dickin'. I think that's up to Ryan. Okay. Uh, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, We're just the idea men. <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.